0: that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Named the 2012 Time Technology Teacher of the Year, Dr. Barbara Friedman has been teaching electronic music and audio engineering at Greenwich High School in Connecticut since 2001. She's the author of the book, Teaching Music Through Composition, published by Oxford University Press. She's a technology trainer, leads professional development workshops around the country, and is a consultant to schools and districts on building technology labs and integrating technology into the curriculum. Barbara recently received her PhD in learning technologies from the University of North Texas. She performs regularly with the Ridgefield and Bridgeport symphonies, Her motto, teach music, the technology will follow, has become the rallying cry for music teachers around the world. She is a dear friend of mine, and I am absolutely thrilled to finally have her on our podcast. It gives me great pleasure to welcome one of my dearest friends, someone I've known for at least 10 years, and I have the utmost respect for uh, Barbara Friedman. Barbara, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. I'm thrilled to have you with me.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Jim. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor to be invited here and to be with you.
0: Oh, you're the best. Um, so I remember, Barbara, the very first time I met you, I heard about you through, I have no idea, but maybe I'll in a conference. You. Okay, go ahead. Let me
1: tell you. Okay. So I was teaching um, this technology thing and I had seen, um, I can't even remember where it was, but I know it was Joe Pisano, was doing a, um, he was trying to get all these teachers to do blogging because blogging was the thing, you know, Right. music teachers, blog, blog, blog. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I was thinking, you know what? I, I've been doing this a long time. I got some stuff to say. I got some stuff to say. And I thought, you know, wh- who do I really want to get to know? And I was like, oh, there's this is guy, Dr. James Frankel. Get <laughs> to know him. So I went to your blog and you posted something and I replied to your blog and you replied back. And then it was like, oh, you were um, at the time with Korg. uh, Yeah,
0: that's right. At Soundtree. That's that's
1: right. And they had just come out with the K oscillator and you wanted to show it to my students. So I said, come on down. And you came down.
0: That's right. So for those, for those, who don't know you, and I'm sorry for those folks, but I'm glad <laughs> to introduce you to them. Why don't you give us, um, and I remember that, I'll never forget, I met Kenny Beats. I remember coming to your, right. you know, this, this gorgeous Greenwich High School. And uh, why don't you tell everybody, um, you know, your history there, how long you've been there. The school is actually special in general in terms of its electronic music program. And give us an overview of, of all the kind of, you know, what your program consists of, Barb.
1: Great. So I teach um, at Greenwich High School in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, and we have a program called Electronic Music, which has now expanded into electronic music composition and studio production. And uh, the program started in 1969.
0: That's so, insane. I love it.
1: Yeah. And it was started by Anne Modunio. So I want to make sure I give her props. She started it. Um, And uh, it was, I think, one of the first, because I think two or three started at the same time in the Connecticut, New York area. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a big story around that, but maybe I'll put that on a, you know, we'll talk about that another time. But uh, so she started this program in 1969 and it was just another branch of the music programs, the music offerings, which is Band Orchestra Chorus, as it has been, and uh, some other Courses like guitar or whatever theory courses, and she started this new thing. And so it's been running concurrently since 1969. And the focus of this program always had been about students creating music, creating their own music. And um, I think I'm the sixth or seventh music technology teacher. I started there in 2001. Wow. And, yeah, I've been, t- this is my 19th year teaching <laughs> this course, uh, these courses. And now we have. Um, I think almost two hundred students taking it or two hundred I think this year we'll have more than two hundred and fifty students taking it. We had to add another teacher. Wow, we added another teacher teaching it so you can take we have four different levels um, so you take an introductory course uh, the next level is level one there's a songwriting and recording class and uh, an honors section so you get we have a big honors credit thing in our school, which is you know a weighted grade for honors credit so there's an honors section. And students go from basically zero to being accepted to college. And we send more kids to college for uh, music technology, audio engineering, music business, music composition, uh, things like that, than band, orchestra, and course combined. Wow. So it's a college track course. It's a career course. We have many, 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 many former students uh, in the industry. And you mentioned one, Kenny Beats, and we're hoping Kenny gets nominated and wins a Grammy. And if you do, Kenny, and you're hearing this, give me a shout out.
0: That's the truth. Uh, yeah,
1: He's a great guy.
0: Um, so, but just wait, ju- I have to interrupt you for a second. Yeah, please. If, if, I, if my math skills are correct, that means that 50 years electronic music has been taught at that high school.
1: That's right. This is the 50th anniversary, and I, I wish I had thought of that last year to prepare.
0: Oh, my but, goodness. Uh, that's, that's correct. That's extraordinary. I mean, that, talk about, like, that's a lot of history. That's fantastic.
1: Well, now, now we definitely have to have a big hoorah about it.
0: That's the truth. <laughs>
1: um, it was the 50th anniversary school year, I think. Um, so uh, we, you know, I teach full-time music technology uh, and we have another part-time teacher teaching with me. And I'm thrilled about that because uh, we hired um, Jason Polis, who's teaching there now, and he is fantastic jazz musician and he's a Pro Tools expert. And we have brand new lab with 25 computers and we have a three-room suite recording studio and um, uh, I don't know do you have show notes for this uh, for these shows do you put them yeah up
0: we can put it I can put them in the in the links for sure so yeah
1: so we can give you maybe a little video about the, the school the, the course itself and like we have that a public video we do about that
0: school yeah I'll put it in the description everyone so you'll I'll, I'll make sure that there are links to Barb's program so you can see what she does
1: yeah that's great so i you know i have a blast it's year 19 but you know what it's year 19 for me and the funny thing is about music technology is that it's such a moving target um so uh you have to really stay up on it and change i'm changing curriculum i I made a major change to the introductory course two years ago that is doing extremely well and um making some changes to the honors courses given you know what students know and how it moves and what what they bring with them and how the technology change i don't think the technology changing too much has impacted the pedagogy as much as um students knowledge about the technology because of access
0: oh interesting yep
1: because they have it and they can get to it and there's so many youtube videos that they can learn about it i mean when i started teaching logic didn't exist i mean logic existed but it was a e E-ma- it? E-Magic owned it. Didn't E-magic
0: it? Yeah, right. let's <laughs> right. go back. Like, yeah, it
1: was like Logic Five at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an E-Magic thing, and then remember, two thousand and one GarageBand didn't come out until two thousand and five. That's right. So, um, you know, and then we got, and we 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 went with Logic, and we went with GarageBand, um, and we got very lucky with that. And uh, but things that back then it cost a thousand dollars for a soft piece of software. Absolutely.
0: Logic. It's it's very, very different nowadays, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So, so uh,
0: there, there there are so many things I, I love about you as a music educator and a person, Barb, and I'm I'm so excited to have you. But what I want to do, and, and, and for those people listening, you said something really important, but I also know your perspective on it, so I want you to share it. When you say that there are 250 students in your music tech program across these four kind of courses and honors courses and songwriting, the, the argument that I've heard, and I'm so sick of hearing it over and over and over about people not wanting to implement music technology, especially at the high school level, is that it might detract other students from taking band, chorus, and orchestra, which are the stalwarts of traditional music education programs. So what's it like there in Greenwich? Are you robbing kids from those programs, or are or the other kind of more traditional aspects of your music ed program at Greenwich you know, alive and well?
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked that.
0: Uh, <laughs> I have to. <laughs>
1: um, so the first thing is, is that given the culture of Greenwich, that this has been going on since 1969 and has been such a strong um, presence in the community, It it, for Greenwich, I will be honest by saying it shares an equal arm as band, orchestra, and chorus, as far sure. as you know we have four equal branches yep so uh i will tell you that my i have tracked it in my school for for something like 18 years um and my uh just just in my school the answer to taking students out of the program the answer is no i we don't take to, students don't take band orchestra or chorus for many many other reasons but also i will tell you like i had an interaction with a girl yesterday who she wanted to be my class, but it didn't fit, and it didn't fit, and what's going on? And she says, well, I'm in band. I'm like, oh, okay, well, guess what? You should stay in band. By the way, what instrument do you play? Bassoon. Oh, definitely stay in band. I
0: you know? <laughs> can I'm you playing, imagine.
1: You know, and the thing is, she says to me, she's a sophomore, and she says, I want to be a composer. It's like, Whoa. well, that's what I teach, right? I said, look, stay in band. Let's talk about next year. When you're a junior and you're a senior, you can go in more advanced classes. There's still time. And never, ever drop band, never, ever drop chorus, never, ever. That's right. part of being a composer. It's part of being. So, so there's a whole cultural thing that goes into it. But I will tell you, it has been my thought uh, and my experience, just anecdotally, that students do, when you start a new program in a school, people are afraid, I'm going to start this new program and it's going to take away from my band or my chorus. So you, I, I feel your pain when you talk about these things. And I've heard it myself. Mm-hmm. So I was interested in finding out, well, I don't think that that's the case. And in my experience talking with other music teachers who implement technology classes, they tell me it's not the case. They're, they're band teachers mostly. And they say, yeah, I started this technology class in my in my school and my band didn't take a hit. Good. But I was really interested in finding out empirically um, if that was the case. So, right, right. As you well know, I uh, have been doing my dis, my PhD work at the University of North Texas, and I graduated and finished. So-
0: Congratulations, I, Dr. Friedman. Thank
1: you, thank you. So i completed my PhD in Information Technologies from uh, University of North Texas. And my dissertation is, the title is, The Impact of Technology-Based Music Classes on Music Department Enrollment in Secondary Public High Schools in the Northeastern United States.
0: Well, there you go. Everyone go out and get your copy right there now. You, go. Yes. you can get it through <laughs> ProQuest. There you go. That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> but the bottom line about that study now, I had 12 schools in the Northeastern United States that gave me data. And anybody who's ever collected data knows that 12 schools is like a miracle.
0: That is a miracle.
1: And with these 12 schools, the, the bottom line about that is that there was, when there was a, uh, an impact, uh, when you implement a technology based music class. Uh, In the the high school, nine through twelve, public high school, Um, these schools' enrollment in the music department went up, but enrollment in band, orchestra, and chorus did not go down.
0: Very, very important. Very. Very I mean, because you know, I've anecdotally, I've thought that for years, and I think there are many music educators who anecdotally point to it. So what I, what I, you know, when I, when you first told me your dissertation topic. Um, I just think it's so incredibly important that there's an empirical. It's not anecdotal. This is, you know, of course, it's a sample size of 12 schools, but I think that it can easily be extrapolated from that, um, yeah. especially with, the, I, the you know, knowing a little bit about uh, the samples, you know, and, and the broad spectrum and from different areas. Anyway, we won't go too far into it, but <laughs> I think, I, I mean, it's just, um, it's fascinating to me. And I think that, I think the most important word that you said, or at least for me, that resonated the most was the word equal and that the music technology program is seen as an equal to the other aspects of the music education program at Greenwich High School. And I think that's extremely important. And and my applause to you, because that takes a lot of work, a lot of stick-to-itiveness. And, uh, you know, so hats off to you, Barb, for getting it at that point. So, um, Barb, when, we, when I first started Music First, you were one of the first people I called to be on our original advisory panel. And I remember those meetings and those conference rooms and, you know, you were instrumental in um, helping design the actual platform itself. Um, and, and I remember your input in the arguments and, and, our, and we were, I remember the, there were eight or ten of us arguing over names of products. It was, a, it was really a, a great creative uh, couple of days that we all spent together over, over a course of years. Um, and your book, uh, Teaching Music Through Composition, which I think is absolutely brilliant, was one of the very first pieces of premium content that we threw into the music first library can you just talk quickly because at the time I think it was the first or one of the only curricula I mean it was a book that you can say to a high school music tech uh, teacher because how many times have we seen it on things like the music teachers Facebook group or I teach with music technology Facebook group help, I'm a high school teacher, and I have to teach tech. Right. Yours, I, I, as far as I know, I mean, Tom Rudolph's book, you know, from 20 years ago, wasn't a curriculum, it was like a guide. Yours is really a, hey, here's a book, teacher, uh, you can, if you read it and implement it, you actually have a, a you know, the a curriculum. It may, it may not be, you know, soup to nuts, the entire thing, but at least it's a great start. Why don't you give us a kind of what that, where you uh, came up with those ideas and and what people could expect to see in that, that, that book.
1: Yeah, I um, actually, I, when I started teaching in 2001, it was like, you know, there was no Facebook groups, right? Right, Exactly. There was, there was a little group of teachers that got together once a month in Connecticut, maybe if you could drive that far, but it was sort of like, well, what do I do? What do I do? So over time, I had developed a whole bunch of of teaching techniques because it's not, look, I went to conservatory, you know, I have two degrees of bachelor's and a master's in music performance. And, and it's like, well, now I'm teaching composition. I never learned how to compose. Right. You know, it's like, Whoa, how do you compose? How do you, how do you teach kids to compose from scratch? It's like, wow. So I had to go look at that and see about that. And how do you teach theory from a perspective that's not dry theory, but applicable you're applying it to, creating something right we don't teach kids look you know look here's a whole note here's a half note and here's how you play these notes on the trumpet you say you're playing these notes on the trumpet and learning it so that we can play this piece of music you're applying it to a piece of music right in the context of an ensemble so i wanted to say okay how can they apply it to creating fresh pieces of music for themselves so that was a whole long process so i thought you know what this doesn't exist i bet if i could like put this down on paper and people would have access to it. Like, here's the lessons. And here are the student assignment sheets. Exactly. And, here, and here's the MIDI files and audio files. And here's a whole bunch of stuff of teaching a variety of things in music composition from the basics of rhythm, the basics of, of melody and notes, and uh, some b- very basic piano skills um, at the keyboard. And um, how do you create A-B form? What does that mean anyway? How do you use it using things called loops and not loops? And... And this is not uh, technology-based. How do I keep it not specific to GarageBand, not specific to, at the time, MixCraft was the big one back
0: yep, then. Yep,
1: Right? SoundTrap and uh, didn't exist, and Soundation didn't exist. So I was really interested in keeping it as generic as possible so that people could apply it to any technology. Um, so I was really interested in doing that. So it was back in 2014 is when it came out. Oh, wow, yep. And there are 69 lessons in 22 units of study with projects and individual lessons. So it's really meant for teachers who are like, I don't know what I, what to do. I don't know what I'm doing to open the book and just start teaching. And after you start going through it, you go, oh, okay. And you tweak it a little for yourself. You say, I like this lesson. I don't like that lesson. Or, oh, that gives me an idea for another lesson. Um, so it's a great place to start. Um,
0: yeah, we, we love having it as a premium content title. And, and for those folks that, that are uh, you know, interested, you know it, it is available um, uh, as an add-on. And um, in addition to all the courses that we have that come included with the content library, it's something that you could say, hey, I think Barb's pretty awesome. Let me, let me get this book in here and, and teach the way she teaches. And I think it's a really great model. Uh, and it's certainly been very uh, popular with our teachers.
1: You know, I've heard some teachers tell me that what's really great about having it uh, in Music First, because they've had it before and they say, yeah, I've used your book now that I have it in Music First. What's really good is that the student assignment sheets are right there. I just, boom, they go right into the. Yeah,
0: you just drag it to their Uh, like uh, task and they go and do it. That's it. So, um, Barb, the, I know that in Greenwich, uh, there's, a, there's a music first uh, kind of implementation across a bunch of the schools there. Yeah. Um, but in your, the, the, the classes that you teach, you're teaching super high end. I mean, what, again, what are the things I absolutely love about your approach? is that it's, you know, I have stolen your line so many (laughs) times that teach music technology will follow. I so wish I came up with that. It is such a succinct and and elegant way of of describing the way you teach. I've been in your class, you teach theory and it's rigorous. You teach keyboard skills and it's rigorous. You're not just saying, and, and I think your approach is something that everyone could learn from. It's not just, oh, just open it up and drag in some loops and away you go. It's, you're very pragmatic about the way you teach. And, and really, um, you know, why don't you go over your kind of, your angle on teaching? Because I think it's very important. And I think a lot of people would, would learn a lot from it.
1: Thank you. I, I, um, Um, You know, remember, I'm conservatory trained. So I came from a particular background. Uh, There are people today who aren't conservative. I mean, they they are, but they they majored in music technology. So I am from the background, I am from the belief that I want to teach students about music at the piano keyboard, and that the technology is a way that we capture, edit, and process music. Um, and there's a lot you could do with the piano keyboard. And of course we also drag, we use audio files and we remix and we do all kinds of contemporary things. And I do teach hip hop and I teach EDM. Uh, so I've had to go out and learn that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And how to, and how to produce that and, and edit it and mix it and all that stuff. Um, so you have to learn that. Um, so my feeling really is, and I tell my students this, I say, look, any monkey can learn how to make a drum beat. Really, anybody can make a drum beat. You can teach, you know, anything, any animal right. can make a drum beat. What's going to make it like music? What I want to do is give you, I, I say to them, you're like, you're like artists who know how to draw or you know how to paint. You're in front of a canvas. You may know how to paint, right? You may know some skills about painting and color. I want to give you more tools so that you can freely create. And my goal is that they freely create With more sophistication and more depth than most of the stuff we listen to on the radio, and and I want them to raise the bar. Now it's not bad what they're making on the radio. As I say, look, people are making bank, as I tell my kids, they're They're making a lot of money. (laughs) But I just don't want a fat beat with a four-bar ostinato and somebody rapping over it. It's fine. I don't mind that as a genre. Please, I don't want to you know diss that as a genre. But I am a music teacher, so if we do that then you better make sure you're producing it at a very high level, which is why I had to study that. We have to make sure we know why are we doing those things. If you're gonna, then you better record that rap and get that going and produce the whole thing. So when you're, when you're dealing with certain genres, it becomes about music production. So when you're dealing with other genres and and they all must play chords and extrapolate bass lines and do melodies and eight bar melodies and contrasting melodies and understand the difference between roots and tonics and thirds and fifths and the relation between the root and the fifth and be able to do dominance and, uh, you know, melodic lines starting on the dominance or implied dominance. They have to know these things because it opens up their ears. It opens up their minds. Yep. You know, so it's my job to, Show them these details because it makes their music more rich. I don't tell them they have to use it. They have to use it when I give them an assignment, like here's this little task based assignment, which is create a four, you know, an eight bar melody, uh, an eight bar whatever, using four different uh, chord progressions and make sure you're doing the correct voicing. And we talk about voicing and extrapolated bass. Those are little tasks. But when they have to sit there and make their own music and make pieces, I don't have necessarily those parameters. They can make whatever they want. Right, it Must be at a very high level of whatever it is. Even if it's a fat beat with a four bar ostinato, it can't just be this thing looped over and over. Yeah, but miss, somebody's going to rap. Then get yeah. in the studio and do the rap.
0: Yeah, I, w- I think it's extremely important what you just said about the... because. Um, one of the criticism about any type of loop-based software, and I know that you use Logic extensively, but one of the criticisms of folks who who are perhaps you know shy of or who don't think very much of loop-based composition is exactly that: that the kids get a surface-level experience where they're not. Well, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that surface level if that's what hooks the kids in, and they're like, "Listen to my beat, Miss." Because uh, I know they call you Freeds. I, you know, if it, if that kid is like uh, who's never played music can put some loops together and go, oh my, you know, yo, Freeds, listen to my awesome beat. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I what what the you know where the folks who say, well, yeah, it's not really composition. What you do is you raise the bar on it. I'll say, okay, you can maybe do that, you know, to start. But you need to make music. You need to then produce. You need to learn how to use all of these tools that are in the logic arsenal to make this sound like a well-produced, uh, four bar ostinato fat beat, as you say, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's really important because that I think is where a lot of people get stuck. you know, they do a garage band composition, they do a sound trap composition and the kids go awesome. I made a beat and then they move on. Uh, but you take it deeper. And I think it's really important. Thanks. I,
1: I, I, I want to just say something, you know, it's like, I take, I take teaching music very seriously and I take this very seriously because this is a college track, uh, course. And I know right. that band is also that for students who want to do that. And the same with, you know, other ensembles and such. Um, but I also want to say, we, you know, we're teachers of high school students. These kids are 15 to 17, mostly. 15 years old, 16 years old. They want to have fun in school and have a reason to come to school. Some of them have really difficult lives. They want something that makes them feel good. They want to be recognized for creating something that that people go, yeah, man, that's great, you know? They want to do this. I don't care if they become uh, professional musicians. I care about them as human beings. We're teaching human beings. And I want them to have a great time I want them to come back to my classes. I want them to grow in it. And I want them to love music for the rest of their lives and understand some of the distinctions of music so they can be discerning listeners and even consumers or creators of music for the rest of their lives.
0: Uh, man, uh, truth is what I have to say. That's, uh, that's I, I, <laughs> I, I, one of the other many reasons uh, that, that I that I absolutely love you. Um, so, why don't you give folks an idea of some of the projects, like specific projects that you that you do with your kids, like maybe in the songwriting class or in the, the recording, the audio techniques, a couple of like quick snippets of, of the types of projects you do. Uh,
1: I'll go through a couple of levels. So, you know, the introductory program, um, one of the things like I've changed recently is I grabbed um, some video, little eight second video. So the kids learn about the software, like there's the software size, software instruments and loops uh, and sound effects and they have to add um, uh, music and uh, sound effects to a little eight-second video just to demonstrate that they know how the software works. This is just a little introductory project that kind of hooks them in, that when you give them video, just even an eight-second video to choose, um, they then have a guide uh, as opposed to just making something up from nothing. So that helps guide them through the process of, oh, now I can add and create with a visual that helps uh, give me a guide uh, for ideas um, so that's an introductory thing yeah, that's thing I, I
0: did, remember Anna black was it was it she did I, uh, Betty Boop or, or was well, it
1: thats that's right that comes from the cartoon music in my advanced classes I took some cartoons between 30 seconds and um, uh, I think it's a minute and uh, they got some old cartoons they made some music and she she took um, Oh, she did. Anna did um, Mickey Mouse, and we can link. That's, to
0: right. YouTube. That's right.
1: She did a Mickey commercial. Uh, and Anna worked for you. She was a student of mine, and 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 now where's Anna? She's at.
0: She's the editor of uh, Intune Monthly. Right. She's the fantastic. editor of
1: Intune Monthly, right?
0: Very cool. Hi, Anna.
1: Shout out, to Anna. Um, and uh, yeah, brilliant piece. Brilliant. Just for, and she did that as a junior. So go, right. go, go, go there. Right. Anyway. Um, so we do cartoon music. I now have my students do, uh, DJ drops, DJ intros where they oh, have cool. between 15 and 30 seconds. They get some, uh, pre-recorded audio, you know, in the house with, it's the hottest in, you know, I had some, oh, right, right. That. and then they have to go run in the studio and give me their DJ name or their name and they, they make their own music and they mix that in. It's a great little, um, project for them. Um, my very, 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 very advanced class has to actually remake uh, a piece of music that they love. They do it in a group. Um, and I got this idea, actually, from George Hess. He does it with
0: oh, yeah. college That's great.
1: students. And I was like, all right, let me try this, see what happens. And I was just like, you know, what genre do you like? What music do you like in that genre? What's a piece that is like that? And I got them into little groups, according to that, and little groups of threes and fours. And I'm just like, okay, go recreate that. You know, and if it's EDM or some kids two years ago chose Aaron Copeland, of all things. Oh, wow. Appalachian Springs. So I'm like, oh, okay, my let's, goodness. Think, let's just find two minutes of it. And they have to record something on it. They have to uh, do it in the, with the MIDI. They can get the audio if they have the loop, if they have something. And they have to make it sound exactly like, as close to exactly like, the, the piece, the original piece as possible. So there's a lot going on with that. Um So this year we're going to be doing podcasting of all things um, uh, so it's not just the spoken word because I've done the commercial project where kids right. write a 30 second commercial and um, they write the commercial and then they get one of the so they pair up with a student in class and they basically one person is the producer and the other person's the talent so the producer has to get the talent to do the voiceover the way they want it and then they switch um. And they all come up with a little 30 second commercial or pu- or public service uh, announcement. So we've right. done that. They do ringtones. Um, they do a lot of their own music. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You
1: have to let them. So I, you know, you have to teach the foundations of hip hop and you have to teach the foundations of EDM and what does that mean and how do you do that? So
0: um,
1: yeah. So those are the, some of the projects. We've yeah, done.
0: it's great. And, and, and the reason, I mean, a lot of the projects that you've mentioned you could easily do with Soundtrap, and I know they're doing those types of things down at the middle school, um, but or, or at least you know some of those project ideas because yes. I work with the teachers there. Mm-hmm. But um you're really um, you know the the kids at the high school level using a, a very advanced piece of software like Logic Pro are really testing the limits of that software, right? They're, they're getting into, like, talk a little bit about the audio type of production things that you do with your students.
1: Um, well, we, you know, we just got a, a recording studio. So, and um, honestly, recording is not my forte, like really. And so we fortunately hired uh, Jason last year, who is oh, great. a recording guy. So we're just starting to get into, and this year, especially getting into larger, more sophisticated recording projects where the kids are, yeah, get in there and record. They've had, they did that as part of uh, with the recreation pieces, but other students, they, they write their own music and they're recording it right in the studio. Yeah, uh, we have pro tools, uh, but they c- can record directly into Logic. They can record right at their desk into Logic. Um, so I think the biggest issue, the biggest thing is that, um, you know, a lot of kids, they, they want to do hip hop, but for me, it's like, if you're going to do hip-hop, you can't just be the beat maker. You have to do hip-hop and be the whole producer. But they're like, but I don't rap. I go, you do now.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: well, because they're like, well, I, I said, well, you can't be a producer of a rap artist if you haven't rapped. It's like, I'm an orchestral musician. I don't want someone who's never played an orchestral instrument or been in, front of an, or been in an orchestra to be a conductor the experience of being a conductor means you should have been a player in an orchestra you are sympathetic to who i am as a as a a instrumentalist in the orchestra when you stand in front of me if you're the producer of hip-hop i want you to have had the experience of being behind the mic
0: absolutely so that's what you have to
1: do in my class so you learn about they're like oh and guess what a lot of kids are like i can rap
0: yeah it's kind of like that old story of paul hindemith wrote an etude for every single instrument and he could play it himself you know so that everything he wrote he could play on you know and and as a tuba player I was like wow he must have been pretty good uh yeah I mean it's good to get that you know so that they especially when a producer is telling you in a recording studio you're a little flat if you don't have that trust and the respect of him (laughs) really hard to hear that. Yeah. Um, so one, one quick thing before um, we start with the, the the last two questions that I have for you, Barb, uh, and I could talk to you for hours, obviously. Um, the, would you say that, um, because I know in the past you've used GarageBand as the stepping stone uh, for Logic and, and you know, we all love GarageBand. It's a great program, but the the problem with it, and I think maybe we could talk a little bit about the kind of what you see as the future, um, the, the one problem I've always had with GarageBand is that, you know, when they're not in your lab and they're at home and they're like on the bus ride home or they're on their way to karate lessons or something or or at night, they don't have the ability to just get back into that project and work. And one of the things that I love about Soundtrap and Soundation is the kind of the mobility of it and the fact that, you know, it's on the web and they can um, they can get to it anywhere, anytime, that kind of access. Would you say that that or would you agree that Soundtrap and Soundation are really good stepping stones to a a program like uh, logic or pro tools
1: uh no i don't think they're good stepping stones i think they're good on their own
0: <laughs> oh no, they oh i like that, that yeah i would uh,
1: sorry you probably freaked out with my answer at for first. a moment
0: there i did <laughs> but that's, i like it i, <laughs> I, I, I always know how to get a curveball from you well
1: yeah. <laughs> no I'm, I'm gonna i'm uh, absolutely honest with you you know i i was involved with soundation years and years ago with you uh there and i love soundation i think it's really quite a robust soundtrap is outstanding it mm. is fantastic and guess what my school just went one-to-one with chromebooks two years ago so it's like and now we have this beautiful lab of course we're using logic and it requires very sophisticated uh computing uh stuff but uh soundtrack you can do almost almost everything that i do in my book and what i could do in my uh especially my first two level classes you can do ed- almost everything in soundtrack yep. absolutely Absolutely. The only thing you can't do is video. And I, and I keep saying this and I know Meredith over at Soundtrap and I, and I keep saying this and I've said this on several shows and I'd say this to everybody I know. The first company, online company, Soundation, Soundtrap, whoever, who puts video capability built in online, that's it. They, They get the market. They get the market.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you're the second episode of this season, and the first episode, that's (laughs) exactly what... Uh, Fernando said same thing. He wants video and soundtrap. So I, I certainly hope those folks are listening. It's becoming a, it's becoming almost a running joke that that's what everybody said.
1: Well, they, they're going to do it. I know. Yeah, I, it. I,
0: I, I just, it's a matter of time. Um, so Barb, I, I, you are one of the the main central forces in my opinion for technology and music education, the effective integration thereof. What advice would you give to people listening that may not be, as comfortable or as experienced, uh, no matter what level—elementary, middle school, high school—no matter what, their chor- choral, general music, band, you know, mariachi. What, what would you give? What advice would you give? The simplest advice uh, to teachers who may not be anywhere near as comfortable as you.
1: Well, I, it's it's been what I've been saying for many many years. And you said it earlier, which is teach music. The technology will follow if you keep your eye on the goal of what we do as music teachers. The technology is something else you can learn along the way. To learn a program like Soundtrack, for instance, or even Soundation, or even GarageBand, they're very simple programs that can do a lot, yeah. a lot more than they could back in 2005. And that you could learn everything you ever needed to know in about five or six hours. How do you, what's the pedagogy around implementing, teaching music with technology. It's like, how do I teach the trumpet? Well, you gotta know a little something about the trumpet to teach the trumpet. Do you have to be a great trumpet player to teach trumpet to a high school student? No, at some point that trumpet player is gonna get really, really good and they're gonna wanna take private lessons. At some point, we have enough access to other things for our music technology um, students to get more access to those things that they can learn the technology, those technical skills online through other means. Maybe you get better at it as I have, but I'm teaching them about music and keeping our eye and keeping our ear on the music and the balance and what comes out of that. And I'm always commenting about the music. It's hardly ever about the
0: technology. That's right. And, and if you treat it like you would treat a metronome, uh, a tuner, um, any one of the tools that you have in, in your band room, in your choir room, in your general music room. I mean, to be honest, I would love to have a moment in, in music education where we don't have to talk about why technology is so great to integrate and instead just say, well, you're a music teacher, so of course you use technology. Yeah, well,
1: I, I, I have a really good answer for that, and I hope people are listening very carefully. It's very simple. If you want to keep your job over time, you need to know how to do this.
0: Oh, that's that's... Uh,
1: <laughs> because... Because it's not that, look, band is always gonna be around in this country as long as we have football and that's another conversation. But the truth is is that students aren't taking a lot of classes and we're looking to teach classes that students take. If you have a lot of students who are taking your mariachi class or your steel drum class or whatever, that's fine, you've created a niche for yourself. But if you don't have that in your school where lots and lots of students are taking almost as much or more than the band, or the chorus, or the orchestra, whatever that program is in there, then think about technology because that's what kids want.
0: Uh, Amen. Uh, So, Barb, um, you know, I've asked, I I usually ask everybody the the magic wand question if you could have technology do something or music first do something that it doesn't do or technology, but I think I've I've heard your answer pretty loud (laughs) and clear about uh, the film scoring. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: video, soundtrack, listen up.
0: Well, uh, so Barb, I'm uh, again. I'm so happy uh, you were able to join me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, and I look forward to uh, uh, having a scotch with you soon. Oh yeah. Um, so for for the listeners, you know, if uh, you check out the description of the podcast, I'll put in a bunch of links uh, where you can get to Barbara's uh, her own website. Uh, she teaches courses online. She's she's an amazing educator for both adults and for. Um, students, obviously. And I'll also post a uh, link to uh, your high school music program site, although they might be on the same page, but I'll make sure that people get to that. Um, Barb, absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much and have a fabulous school year.
1: It's my joy. Thank you so much, Jim. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.